Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. And today I'm having a studio recording with my co-host here sitting next to me for a change because usually we're doing Zoom interviews and uh, we have, uh, we, we, we're, we're in the lucky circumstance to be able to sit, be sitting together, uh, Mark, Mark van Horek, my co-host and, and myself, and we're going to talk about B2B trends. So welcome, Mark. Yeah, it's great to be back, Elias. Um, it's been a while, indeed. Absolutely. But this is going to be a killer episode. This is is. one that we're really looking forward to talk about. Yeah, and I was was thinking of B2B marketing trends. We have recently done a a B2B marketing research, a benchmark research uh, from marketing guys, which we've done in Europe. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not available in English yet, but this is a great chance to actually discuss the European uh, new trends that we see that we foresee for the next year. Yes, and this is our first time that we did this. We we created this B2B uh, marketing benchmark. And, um, well, the insights that we got from this, and uh, a lot of people participated in this whole uh, research. So I guess this is an annual thing, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So this is a 21-22 uh, episode or edition? I yeah, have the to edition. Say. Yeah, edition. Um, and uh, we expect to have a next edition September twenty twenty two. So September of this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's dive in. Yeah, we we will. So one of the first trends that we see is a trend that our American friends probably have already experienced, and that's the focus on the prominent role of recruitment marketing. Yes, recruitment marketing, yes. It's, uh, it's um, one of the things is, is that we've got a lot of requests also for recruitment marketing. And quite honestly, we also seen that there's been quite some changes also with our clients, but we see it everywhere that people with a marketing position, they're changing places. They're going for new jobs and so so recruitment marketing is indeed a very important uh, part. Absolutely. So um, over here in Europe, we have not been talking about the great resignation as a phenomenon yet. But our American friends are familiar with that terminology. Um, the great resignation where people volunteers uh, voluntarily quit their jobs um, is like is is a big boom. You Google for it. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes as well to the to the Wikipedia uh, page on the Great Resignation. But what what it in fact means is that during the first hit of COVID, less people changed jobs because they wanted security. They were afraid of losing jobs. So if you're let's say in in the middle of a pandemic, you're not going to change jobs. But after a year or so, people started to find out that they actually wanted to pursue, pursue their dreams, don't want, didn't, didn't want to sit in their home offices working for jobs or bosses that they don't like. So they started to resign. And that resulted in a great resignation. And actually, uh, that means that about 3 to 4% of the whole workforce is voluntarily quitting their jobs. 
That combined with a, a historically low unemployment number. So over here in the Netherlands, it's it's below 3%. So below 3% and uh, unemployment. And in fact, for every 100,000 unemployed, there is like 130,000 jobs. So it is going to be hard to find the right people yeah. next year. Yeah, and quite honestly, people are... For a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, they are the heart of the business. Absolutely. So without the, the right people, you won't be able to deliver your products and your services. So that's why I'm saying and predicting that recruitment marketing will have a way more prominent role within the whole marketing efforts next year or 2022. Because, you know, you can, you can put a lot of money into b2b marketing and we, we talk about b2b marketing every week on the podcast but if you're not able to deliver your products or services you know it doesn't make any sense to do this the weird thing however is that the research that we've done this this benchmark showed that only like five percent of b2b marketers consider recruitment marketing as a prominent task of their duty so of their uh, task as a marketer. Is that because they think it's more like a HR thing? Yeah, they, they consider marketing something to promote products and services, but they don't see it as their job to find new people or to promote the business on its own as, a, as an employer. In the 90s, we had something similar. But I think the big difference, because when, when I was in the, in the 90s and I had to hire people, I know that the, the, the candidate would sit opposite me and the first thing that he would ask is, will I get a company car? I said, no, you're not getting a company car. Ah, that's too bad. Because they had a lot of other opportunities. So they were going where the money, follow the money. Um, but I think the, the, this generation of upcoming talent and so is less inclined for this company car, but it's more um, geared to working in a place that they share the same values. Absolutely. So I think that it's, uh, whilst that might be something more like a finance and a HR, like that was in the 90s, I think that marketing has to play a more prominent role because you have to show your customers and you have to get the customers because you want them to choose for you. I think that you should consider candidates like customers. Absolutely. So you need to have a, a candidate journey instead of a customer journey in place, etc. But the other thing that I was going to say, which is different from your comparison to, to the 90s. And I remember those days because you would have job interviews at the car dealership. So you could even get your car, you take it with you after a positive job interview. But that was mainly in IT. Now there is scarcity of people in every part of business. So there is not only a scarcity in IT people, but there is also a scarcity in good salespeople, engineers, people in uh, working in restaurants, etc. So there is like this whole scarcity it goes all over, let's say, the, the job fields. And it's not only a uh, IT thing anymore. No, I don't think it's also something that is 
popped up at the service now because of the pandemic. This was already playing out before in the 2019. I know a lot of technical or construction companies had a huge problem of getting the right people. Uh, but the whole thing, which, all the points that you said, it's like a perfect storm. It's on all aspects. Um, the scarcity, scarcity is coming uh, um, on top, and therefore the need for recruitment marketing is is very but absolutely. What, so, so you have to make sure that in 2022 you have a plan for recruitment marketing. If you don't have it, go go. Let's say write a plan, put a plan together uh, as soon as possible. Okay, but. If listeners say, okay, great, recruitment marketing, but what is it? What what do I need to do? What do you need to do to put the plan together? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, well, because we're saying that recruitment has recruitment marketing has to play a more important role. Absolutely. So, so what should I consider as being me, as, as a listener to the Marketing Technology Podcast, being a marketeer, when I don't consider a lot of HR people will be listening, so there will be marketers. So what would you say to these marketers, what they need to well, do? I think you already gave the advice there, is the most important thing is to consider a new colleague or a new hire as the ideal customer. So you should approach them the similar way, a similar way. So if you if you put a plan together, you have a marketing plan in which it's your customer is usually the center, let in your recruitment marketing be the new hire at the center. So you're actually selling your company to new prospective colleagues. And people are very sensitive nowadays to, to let's say, too commercial or too fakish way, uh, ways of selling your company. So people will, will see that because, remember, you know, everyone is on, on LinkedIn. Um, everyone can, can look up your reviews on Glassdoor. Uh, so if you, if you are lying about it, they will they will know. So you have to have honest marketing, but make sure you have a plan in which you put the new colleague in the center. Yeah, actually, you can use the ICP. Eh? That's the acronym for Ideal Customer Profile. We can swap the C from customer to candidate. Yeah, I've seen people actually making personas for candidates. So instead of having a persona for uh, your ideal customer, you can also create a persona for your ideal colleague. And I think they're interchangeable because if you do great recruitment marketing and show the candidates why they should um, join your company, your ideal customer will also see that. And they will see what kind of company you are. It's more like an intrinsic uh, part so that because they can choose from different ones. And I believe that it's not only pricing or something like that. If, if you're a commodity, yes, it's pricing. But if you're really in a value added proposition, then your recruitment marketing is a, plays a very important role in that perception. Absolutely, you and and think about your positioning. You know how are position how you, how are you positioning your company compared to companies that your ideal hire could also work for. So it's it's got to do with with the Porter strategy. So how do I position my my company as the best employer? So you have to consider all these 
uh, let's say, new hires, ideal candidates, etc., as as if they were the ideal customer. So it's it's not that much different from let's say ideal normal B two B marketing. But the fact I'm 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 bringing this up is has to do with this whole great resignation scarcity, also with the extremely low unemployment rate. So you need to focus, have a plan to find new colleagues. Yeah, and so basically, recruitment marketing is not very much different than your normal customer marketing. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why marketeers should be involved in this because they are very much equipped. Absolutely. They just didn't consider that before. And they still don't. So that's that's the whole thing that the benchmark points out. So again, um, focus on on that recruitment plan for next year, recruitment marketing plan for next year. And that brings me also to the second trend, um, which is kind of obvious, I I should say, because the second one has to do with the skill set of the B2B marketer. And the trend that I'm seeing is that everything tends to be more data-driven or data-inspired, whatever you want to call it. The funny thing is that we've been saying this for years. The the marketer, the new marketer is half creative, half scientist. So, and, but in practice, 59% of people, of marketers in our research point out that they don't have enough knowledge and resources specifically uh, the the knowledge to pursue data-driven marketing. So almost two-thirds of marketers claim that they don't have the knowledge about data-driven marketing. And it's 2022, right? So we still don't have it. So if you don't have that, you need to invest in that. The other striking thing that I found out out here is that one-third of each CMO, so one-third of CMOs, claim that their own data is not trustworthy. One-third of the CMOs claim it's not trustworthy. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually quite shocking. It is quite <laughs> shocking. So the two combined, I would almost say they add up to 100%. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, one-third of the CMOs don't trust their own data. Two-thirds of all marketers claim they don't have enough knowledge about data. So there is definitely going something wrong in B2B marketing. Yeah. So the whole trend is, is we've got this whole data transformation process, uh, digital transformation. A lot of companies, if they want it or not, have become data-driven organizations. Mm -hmm. But if the mindset of the people are do not develop that data-driven mindset and you're still in the more like traditional part, then you've got the discrepancy that this difference, this gap. Because, yes, everybody, I, I guess that everybody knows what is data, but the, the, the knowledge and the experience to, for interpret, the, the interpreta- interpretation of that data getting insights of it, that's that's the huge pitfall. It is, absolutely. So there's two things you can do as a marketer uh, for 2022. And I think, to, first of all, make sure that you get that knowledge. So invest in 
knowledge. So do, do training, go to uh, you know, watch webinars, uh, train yourself on YouTube, go to, to any, uh, any, any conventions that are about data, uh, follow a course, whatever you have to do, whatever suits you best, whatever makes you interpret the data best, you know, do that to get that knowledge up to speed on data. And especially what Mark is pointing out, interpretation of data, because everyone knows there is data and we all can recognize data, but we don't know how to interpret data. So yeah. that's one thing. So get that knowledge in a way that's convenient to you. So I, I like to do to visit all kinds of trade shows. I like to, to visit keynotes. I talk to people, etc. Other people like to watch videos other and, and and people that I know in, in at marketing guys for example so like to go to training etc yeah the thing what I saw so in this benchmark of ours um, you had these data uh, of, of skills and uh, what I've noticed that the ones that organizations consider that they are good at they're very much the traditional ones that's the content creation part the copywriting uh, strategic and planning and uh, events and everything that they consider that they're not good at are more the, well, let's say more the tech data related ones like data analysis. 59% said that they were not good at that part. So that's almost two thirds. Demand, demand generation also, demand generation and, and, and the, the legion. So and the technical, I can have, I can imagine with technical development, yeah, that's if it's good if you got it in a house, but you can you can buy that. Well, you I think the two are related, right? You, in order to do good lead gen, you need to know data driven marketing. Yes. So my conclusion is that organizations in general know why and what, how the one, but the how. Mm -hmm is missing and uh, and that weak point i think that our companies really should focus on that part absolutely because i know what i want and i've got here the stuff that will explain what we do we've got we can make the videos mm -hmm. but then you're looking you're staring at your screen because how can I decombine these things? How can I get what I so want? so that's that's why I'm I can't stress this enough. But people need to get up to speed. So listen to podcasts what whatsoever. That's not going to help you to to be a superhero in data driven marketing overnight. That's gonna gonna it, it will take some time. So the second thing you can do, and I'm gonna do some self promotion here, Mark, but is hire an agency. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. So, um, and that's, I've seen some changes in the assignments we do for companies over the years as well, because in the past it would be very operational stuff. Yeah. But now a lot of companies hire us for data interpretation to get their data in order, etc. cetera. So um, that's, that's, I think, a very... Um, and, and we'll come to that in a later trend as well. But, you know, having your data in order, et cetera, is, is very important. Interpret your data. But being able to draw conclusions from data for future campaigns to be successful in your lead generation. So, And we can help you with that. So that's yeah. a little self-promotion. I'll leave it to that. And <laughs> I won't do any more promotion. But um, th that, that's the second thing you can do. So after training yourself or, you know, hire an agency if you can't do it yourself. 
Yeah, but I, I would like to emphasize, because people who are listening to this episode and they hear about data and, and analytics and so on, you know, I'm not really great at that. What we're talking about is not that you become some data-driven nerd. Or superhero. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or uh, somebody that is like a programmer. Oh, my God, no. What we are asking is that you have more the mindset, not necessarily that you can do that all, because very quite honestly, you can get people, other people that are good at that, do that, but use the data and use your common sense and merge those two because very often the data is there but you have to find it you have to dig you have to dig in your crm digging your salesforce or in your uh, uh hubspot crm or whatever the data is there in all the tools there's data but if you cannot see that 20 is good or very bad and also have the whole process knowing which kind of data is important or what kind of other metrics are more vanity metrics. So you have to find out and focus what's important. And if you don't know that, well, talk with sales, talk with customer success, talk with customers. Oh, my God, talk with customers. What did I say? But, you know, all of these, and then you get that insight, common sense insight, and now you know how to how to do that interpretation of the data talking about the tools mark um, that's the third trend i uh, have formulated for next next year is the marketing tools because the average marketer uses over 30 tools um it, it goes up to to like like 70 80 tools that a lot of marketers use so just think about your own practice um, using your your CRM, but you're also using Canva. You're using some other online tools. You're 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 using a marketing automation technology platform, wh- whatever. Um, a- a- on average, it's over 30 tools. So, the trend I'm foreseeing for next year is that those ones will be integrated in a better way, and focus will be on integration. Because what I've seen over the years is that technology usually was selected based on the different specifications or capabilities. So people were looking for uh, green check marks. You know, does it do this? Does it do that, et cetera? So an example usually makes this more tangible. So let's say you're selecting a new marketing automation tool. So up to last year, so 2020, I, I saw a lot of people selecting marketing automation tools based on capabilities. So is there a green check mark? Does it do lead nurturing? Does it do uh, th- does it do lead scoring? How many lead, lead scoring sheets are in there? Does it do email marketing? Does it do conversion tracking? Does it do attribution modeling, etc.? You know, all the green check marks are there. Um, and there also was happened to be a check mark about integrations. Like, does it integrate green check mark? Yes, it integrates into Salesforce CRM. The big difference now is that First of all, people will look for integrations. So how does it integrate into my stack? So people recognize the importance of integration. So instead of looking at a green check mark about a Salesforce integration or a Microsoft Dynamics or HubSpot or whatever integration, people start asking, 
how does it integrate into my stack? Because that's important to have that data in order that we just talked about. Yeah, well, we've 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 been following this uh, this tool landscape, um, and it has grown to well, I can see it nine thousand different tools. Nine thousand, talking about fragmentation, and I and and well, that's what we saw every year there were more tools, there were more shiny objects. And I think that finally we've realized that the technology on its own is not going to help us. It's not giving us, it's giving us much more data, but it's not giving us the insight. So I think what that this is the result of that we are looking at this huge landscape of all these thousands of tools and that we realize we have to make order in this. And, and then you have to do a few steps back, get that holistic view, that broad view. What do we want to achieve with all these technologies? And then you will see, I'm not getting all the information because there are blanks, there are question marks, and now we need to integrate that. And I always say integration is like, like driving in the night with night goggles on suddenly you can see much more absolutely absolutely so we talk about tools a lot right but actually in fact it's not about the tools no it's about the customer so it but if you want to have the insight into that customer journey attribution models like how how did this customer actually become a customer? Which customer journey did they follow? How much ROI is on my marketing? I'm always surprised to hear that a lot of B2B marketers don't even know their cost per lead. If you, you know, they don't know the customer lifetime value. They don't know what investment can be made to acquire a new customer. Because if I don't know how much a customer values us, how much it brings in how am i supposed to know how much to spend on marketing campaigns so if you don't have insights into that data if you don't have that integration managed very well you'll never be able to answer those questions and perform good marketing so it's it's kind of a hygiene factor so to say but it's very important to have that integration in order to be able to focus on that i can't stress it enough that customer who is in, in fact paying your Salary. I 100% agree. Absolutely. Because although this is the marketing technology podcast, it's all about people. It's all about the customer indeed. Because the technology should be in service of the people. And our, um, well, our experiences is that technology has taken over. Technology is dictating what the marketeers should do. So whether you like it or not, you have to have some knowledge about an integration or hire people that know about that integration. But you need to take the integration into account to be able to do good marketing campaigns. Absolutely. So that that well, that's a nice nice yeah, the bridge, bridge eh? to, the, <laughs> to the next one because all those tools and you, I I I just said like. The average marketer uses over 30, could be up to 100, but there's 9,000 tools or over 9,000 probably And when we were speaking of those tools. And they're all 
adding, producing, you know, they're, they're spitting out data, all of them. So that's the nice thing about online marketing, right? Digital marketing, there's all kinds of data. So before you know it, You'll have a, a own data warehouse, and in the past you could actually you need to ha- you needed to have that data warehouse, but now it's somewhere in the cloud, and you're producing data, data, data. Um, in the end, you need to have some data integrity in place, because if your data is not in place and you can't trust on your data anymore, there's two problems. One of them, a lot of marketers know. You'll, you'll, have, you'll face legal troubles, right? So you won't be able to comply with all kinds of regulations like, like a GDPR and, and whatsoever, you, the CAN-SPAM Act. All, that, all those, those um, legal, let's say, problems that you can run into when you don't know, when you don't have your data in order. Um, so that's, that's the first problem, right? So, so um, just a small, small example is like which, which system is leading? So you're sending out emails using a tool like HubSpot, then you're using Salesforce, and you're using some kind of CDP. Uh, you're also keeping track of some stuff in Excel list, and then you're exporting that and using that in your proposal software, etc. And all of a sudden, someone asks, how did you actually get my email address? What kind of data do you have on me? That's question they're allowed to ask and you're also obliged to answer legally yeah within 30 days within 30 days so that's 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 one of the problems but that's we've talked about that many times and you know to be to be honest uh it that it is important but another let's say for me i think it could be could be even more important is the operational problem that you're creating because we talked about ideal customer profiles, the customer being in the center, etc. If you don't have your data in order, if your data isn't uh, your, your data integrity isn't in order, how can how on earth can you segment? How can you have good targeted campaigns if all your data, if the data is all over the place and you don't have it in order? Yeah. You've seen a lot on that, right, recently. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a trend we've, we've seen, especially with the bigger companies that have bigger stacks, oh, MarTech stacks. But I think it's the number one question we get at the moment at Marketing Guys. It's like, I have so much data. How am I supposed to manage all that? I think that we marketeers, we suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out. We gather so much data and we consider all these data to be important. But remind you, not all data data are equal. And you're you're quoting George Orwell there, Mark. Yes, Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> you know your classics. So so 1984 <laughs> turns into 2022 now. <laughs> yes. Well, if we if we don't uh, take uh, in account what we are t- have talking about these trends, yeah, maybe. Now, what I want to what I want to say is that we have so much data, and because we are focused on all of these data, and especially if you haven't got this holistic overview and having a framework, but you got all these silos, then what is important? You don't know, so you. 
And if you don't know what is important, you consider everything important. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're drowning in data. And quite honestly, the Pareto rule, 2080 rule, that is it's always applicable. Sometimes it's 1090, it doesn't matter. There's only a small part of your data that is so important that that will move the needle for your business. The other part, quite honestly, if you wouldn't keep track of that, if you wouldn't do anything, that won't make a difference. The big question is, what is that 20%? So you have to get in place, you have to have the right data, so the data integrity integrity is a very important part. The integration is a very important process. But I think that marketers in 2022 should make a difference in what is really important and what's not. And I usually use the terms intent. Absolutely. People that show intent, those are in the 20%. You should give them all the intention. You should help them. Everybody else is nice to have, but help them, inspire them, educate them, inform them, but don't try to attribute every single one of them. Why are marketers so busy? Because they're spending a lot of time on that 80%. Whilst I say, quit doing that and spend your time, focus on that 20%. So... Nice set, Mark. So, so um, the thing we have been developing over the year, 2021, is a data infrastructure architecture scheme. Yeah. So it's actually a model that we, that we have developed uh, in which we put this together, in which we lay out the data infrastructure and we'll basically in one visual make clear to how, how this can be stored. So if you, as a listener, want to have that, that, let's say, sheet, or cheat sheet, or it's, it's actually a, a presentation, you know, just shoot me an email uh, on e.com at marketingguys.nl. It's in the show notes as well, and I'll, I'll, I'll happily send you a copy, um, which, which might help you to put your data infrastructure in order. But we can't stress it enough, you know, make sure that you have your data integrity in place, because it's not only going to, you're not only going to face legal challenges, you're also going to have operational problems when you don't have it in order you, you won't be able to to do targeted campaigns very if, well if you focus on what is really important and those are usually the people that are willing to provide you the data mm -hmm. then you know that the data is good if you try to extract data and information and personal information from people who do not want that you'll get a lot of garbage mm -hmm. absolutely so you'll get a lot of stuff and by by getting such a mindset, I think that your operational and your legal problems will, well, diminish like snow in the sun. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and it will make you as a marketer free in, in your, it will give you a lot of time to be, to do what you're good at. And that's doing creative campaign, absolutely. making use of the data and make sure that that customer is central again. So. The last trend that I would like to talk about is revenue marketing. And why is that? Because we see that revenue marketing is becoming the standard at the moment. So where we talked about sales and marketing alignment, sales and marketing integration, and I think that we've been talking about that a lot the last years, but that's actually taking place 
And the result is revenue marketing. Revenue marketing means that as a marketer, you're accountable for revenue, not for leads. Of course, you are for leads, but in the end, you know, that's just a sub goal, the leads. But we saw a lot of marketing departments that had goals or KPIs that only marketers have. Like, how many SQLs can you deliver? How many MQLs? How, what's your uh, click-through rate? How much conversions did you get, etc.? Um, in the end, it's about being successful as a company. And that's why you need to share your goals with the sales department and have joint company goals. Um, and as a revenue marketer, you'll have different KPIs. So how much um, pipeline value did I add past month to to the uh, entire revenue stream how much pipeline did i create how many what was the average order value of the mqls that we created last month those kinds of goals can be actually measured very well when you have uh, adopted the trends that we talked about like data integrity like the integration of the martech tools because as a company, you need to have insight into your revenue stream, not only in your MQLs, SQLs, etc. Like the, the, the 2020 goals, I'm, I, I would almost say. Um, as a marketer, we we see the trend that revenue marketing is becoming the standard. Yeah, it's 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 taking it's emphasizing everything that we've just said before. Mm-hmm. It's a great fifth uh, <laughs> conclusion trend because with the revenue marketing, you're putting revenue as as the main goal. And it's not just that sales does is for, for, for the revenue. Marketing plays an, just an important role. But if you make that separate, two separate islands, then it's less visible. And you're but always going to have that fight between sales and marketing. Yeah, but you don't have no need to fight if you've got the same goal. And it's all about revenue. And it will also make your life as a marketeer much more pleasurable, I guess, because you don't focus on metrics that are not very important because, quite honestly, a 1,000 MQLs, is that, is that good or is that bad? You don't know. But if you say, well, we've got 1,000 MQLs, we've sent them over to sales, and actually there were only 10 deals. With but this you, and this amount of uh, dollar value or euro value. Yeah, but if you, if you do, like I said, if you would focus on much more of the ones that are really interesting, you might only need 200 MQLs. That means that you've got 80% less is that bad? No, because maybe of these 200, you get 50 deals. And you, to be honest, you need to have insight into that revenue as marketer because um, the other thing that one of the one of the things that our benchmark show pointed out is that about 10% of revenue is spent on marketing, on average, 10%, which I think is is a lot. I would have expected it to be lower, but it was on average like 10%. 64% of marketers expect that budget of 10% to increase over in 2022. If you're spending that much money on a department like marketing, 
hell yeah, someone is going to ask how much did that deliver? So how much how much revenue did that result in? And you you as a marketer need to be able to prove that. It's one of the things we solve for marketers, right? The proof of ROI. Because that's what technology enables you to do. It's it's like, it, of course, it's about the customer. But in the end, uh, the, the revenue in, in, internally, you'll be measured on, on revenue. And you will need to point out how much dollar revenue or euro revenue that investment of 10% of marketing resulted in. I would like even to challenge that. No. What if you could prove, show with data, with real stuff, that your marketing efforts generates more deals? Wouldn't you? You might even get 80%. Who, who doesn't want to spend more on something that delivers more money? Yeah. The CFO and the CEO would be nuts if they wouldn't give... If you can show that what you're doing has proven to move the needle and say that other budget parts, and they cannot prove that, because I think that not only the marketing department should show ROI, everyone. Well, everyone in the company should do that. Events, outbound calls, uh, even customer, customer, everything, all the things. And if you would see, and, and then let's say, just for this case, an inbound marketing process delivers much more deals, I can imagine that a large chunk of the total budget will go to Absolutely, that. absolutely. So, and I'll leave it to that. You know, it was it was a pleasure having you as a listener today. Um, should you want to reach out to us, um, link us on LinkedIn. Our profiles are in the show notes or shoot us an email, e.crum at marketingguys.nl or mark with a K at marketingguys.nl. Um, I'll put those in the show notes as well. Um, I would, I, I, the only thing that would, it leaves me to is like, wish you a very successful B2B marketing year and you know hope to have you on the podcast if you're a listener and you want to share your knowledge you know be feel free to reach out to us tell your story as we've done with multiple other people the last years um yeah and i I would like to leave it to that i wish you a very happy new year yes a great 2022 thanks for listening to this episode of the marketing technology podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.